0: What's good, everybody? Welcome to the podcast. I'm
1: Rob stats Guerrero filling in for Javi Vega. And with me, as always, is Leo Luna. What's up, Leo? I mean, it's payday. So here at the Niners Nation Network, uh, it's a great day. It's a great day. And, you know, considering we're going to be two days removed, maybe you're listening to this, and we're three days removed from having to see the Rams win the Super Bowl. The funniest thing about that is uh, we went out and saw the Super Bowl uh at a family member's house came back home and what my daughter asked me to put on the tv was actually bang bang niner gang by e40 i was like okay <laughs> i vibe with this we just saw the rams win the super bowl and the first thing you want to see when we come back home is bang bang niner Gang." like hey i respect it let's go that that means a new season's coming
0: this is my worry leo i could see the nfl saying you know what rams you get to open next year at home You get to open on Thursday night, you get to raise your banner and you get to do it against the team you beat in the NFC championship game. And we're going to have to watch them raise that stupid banner to start next season on opening night.
1: That was my worry as well. But uh, I think I posted that on on Twitter saying, oh, it's got to be the 49ers, Bills or the Cowboys. Those got to be the three teams that you're eyeing to mark on that Thursday night. Uh, opening day, because the Bills, obviously, Josh Allen, AFC competitor year in, year out, moving forward, 49ers, division rival, NFC championship, what you just said, the way that game ended as well. Dallas Cowboys, it's the NFL, it's marketing, East Coast bias, they're going to put up ratings regardless. Um, so I don't think it'll be the 49ers or Cowboys in this way. You You put those two teams in there it's going to be filled with red the 49ers <laughs> filled with red. True. And while you may want to throw that in the 49ers fan space, like, Hey, this is our, our championship basically parade of a NFL game. Um, I don't think you want to have that presence on an opening day NFL game. Uh, I would say bills fans are, they're great. They travel well, but Going from New York all the way to Southern California is going to be a lot harder because there's probably a lot more 49ers fans in LA than there is Rams fan. After the Super Bowl, that might change. I doubt it, but you'll probably see a little more bandwagonish fans come out of LA um, because it is a transplant city, anyways, to begin with. Uh, so it, it'll be interesting. I, I would say the Bills are probably the favorite. Dieter Baca uh, of KNBR. Uh, and Bay Area News Group actually commented on my post saying that, like, hey, no way it's going to be the 49ers. It's actually going to be the Panthers. Joke, jokes on all of us. It's going to be the Panthers because they want the Rams to go ahead and, and show out with the fans or the fan that they do have. In the
0: stadium. <laughs> you know what? That is a great point that I never even considered. You're totally right. If they do open against the Niners, it's going to be another Niner takeover. It's going to be Levi's South all over again. I did not think of that, so credit to you. That is a good point. I do feel you made me feel a little bit better about the situation, though. so thank you for that. Uh, We want to remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We always say, you take the time to review the show, we take the time to read it. Leo, this comes from 49ers Girl for Life. Five-star review, great pod. Found you in Twitter spaces and started listening to this pod. Been a Niners fan for 37 years, listened to many podcasts, this is one of my
1: favorites. So there is one very happy customer, 49ers girl for life. Appreciate you as always. And like you said, those you know, we read those, we take times to read those and we appreciate those because, uh, while it's fun to talk about our favorite team, it's, uh, it's the people that actually take the time to listen to us that, that want to make this journey a whole lot better and, and get it to a place where you want to tell all your friends about like, Hey, have you heard the new episode yet? So appreciate all the reviews and, and the five stars in there. Keep them coming.
0: All right, Leo, let's get into it. There are a lot of interesting things happening, some with the 49ers, some not with the 49ers, but directly affect the 49ers. The biggest of those is this Sean McVay retirement talk. You know, I kind of thought like, yeah, it's possible, maybe, but this thing is real. Like, it is not a nothing story. We've seen Sean Payton walk away from the Saints, so burnout clearly happens. Now, he was there a lot longer than McVay's been with the Rams but McVay told the Los Angeles Times quote we'll see when asked about the possibility of retiring or taking a break from coaching McVay said I'm just enjoying this moment right now I'm really happy to be part of this happy for that damn like that's a big deal if McVay leaves the Rams you can forget the Rams as a contender in the NFC West next year
1: I wouldn't say forget because their their roster is still stacked it'll it'll be t- uh a tough out, but will they be as good? Absolutely not. Like look at what Sean McVay has done when he he's had the lead at half. He's only lost one NFL game in his entire career. And that was the week 18 game to the San Francisco 49ers, whether the Rams players had their full motor or not. um, You know, that's a different discussion for a different day, but it's, it's not the same Rams team. Absolutely. It's not. And I just find it interesting. Like is is sean mcveigh gonna retire because i would say not a chance if it wasn't just that oh i'm taking you know i'm enjoying the moment and things like that but usually if a coach has no interest in retiring he's gonna say hell no i just want a super bowl i want to go out there and repeat and try to win back to back that a team hasn't done since the early 2000 new england patriots that is my goal next season. That's what I want to do. We're still hungry. Job's not done. Like those type of things, you don't say. oh, um, I'm just going to enjoy the moment. We'll see. And like, it, it's a strong possibility. It's a, it's like the Rams got to throw him a fat bag in order to try to not get him to leave that that door. Well, two things there.
0: One, McVeigh was asked if winning a Super Bowl makes it easier to walk away Mm -hmm. for a year. And he said, I think you could definitely say that. So that's surprising. Another, that's another example of him having a chance to kind of shoot this whole thing down and him not taking it. And the other thing is you mentioned the money. Well, he's going to have every network that you can think of lining up to pay him. 12, 16, $18 million a year to be their analyst for those games. And if I'm McVay. I think I do look at it like, hey, I could be sleeping two hours a night, you know, working 22-hour days, grinding, living and dying on every single Sunday, missing my family, all that stuff. Or I could make comparable money going to one game a week, having to study, you know, two teams and having no gut-wrenching
1: losses. Like,
0: that's a pretty attractive alternative.
1: Yeah, and also it's none of the managing personalities in the NFL that you currently have to do as a head coach. You have to manage the personalities. That's a big factor as well as you can't just be a computer. You can't be a, a wizard uh, or boy wonder as people call Sean McVay. You can't go out and do that without having to manage personalities at the same time. And um, so it's, it's a big deal. And with, with that, if Sean McVay retires, you have the Seattle Seahawks that just seem like they're set for a divorce, but they're trying to make it work until their kids turn 18. And then you have <laughs> Tyler Murray. That's just, you know, uh, trying to get his girlfriend mad, uh, with these posts on Instagram, uh, and his girlfriend, I mean, the Arizona Cardinals. Mm-hmm. Um, so as soon as the 49ers move on from Jimmy Garoppolo, it seems like there's zero drama within this organization. And with that being considered, with the talent this team has, the coaching it has, the front office it has, would a Sean McVay retirement or even a non-retirement, because now it's already in his head. They won a Super Bowl, so it seems like they're not as hungry um, currently as it stands. Are the 49ers the favorite in the NFC West right now? It's way too early, but it's a question to be asked.
0: I don't think it is too early because the answer seems obvious to me. It has to be, I mean, the 49ers odds to win the super bowl next year have already improved from when they initially came out. I think they were like fourth or fifth when it came out. And now I think they're actually all the way up to second. So I I don't think it's just our, you know, us being homers saying this, I think Vegas thinks the 49ers are a contender for a super bowl. Now, I don't know if they're factoring in this Tom Brady stuff or not who knows but you mentioned it there is drama with every other team I talked to Russell Wilson last week I interviewed him Leo I got you know across enemy lines and talked to Russell Wilson and I pressed him about the trade requests and he kept saying the same thing and it's similar to what McVay said I'm just you know I'm in the moment I'm not worried about anything I'm I'm going to appreciate where I am right now which is a bunch of crap because like you said if somebody asks you something and you don't want to do it, you just say no flat out, and you you squash this. And McVay didn't squash the retirement thing. Russ didn't squash the trade thing. Kyler Murray, I don't know what the hell's going on with Kyler Murray. Mort's coming out with these anonymous sources that are bashing the hell out of him, yet Mort also said he thinks that somehow everything's going to be fine for the start of the regular season, which is really weird. I don't know, but you're right. The team with the least amount of drama right now in the NFC West is the 49ers, and it ain't close.
1: It's going to be hungry. I I found it kind of interesting how Debo Samuel was, you know, camera was on him at the end of the NFC championship game. He, he was crying. Um we've seen Nick Bosa cry at the end of the Super Bowl. Uh George Kittle saying that he will be back to a Super Bowl. Uh th- this team is hungry. Trey Lance trying to prove 49ers legend Joe Montana that he is in fact ready to be an NFL quarterback. Um it's, Kyle Shanahan, his best, you know, one of his buddies just won a Super Bowl after beating you in a comeback, a fourth quarter game, NFC Championship game, that is. So this team is going to be hungry, drama-free. I I just give my hat off to Debo Samuel and, and George Kittle. It's us as fans coming into this Super Bowl week before the game was played, we wanted nothing to do with it. Anything Super Bowl-related, we didn't want to look at it. We did not want to hear it. Yet those two guys who are actually on the team that have put on the helmet, put on the uniform, and are directly impacted of the success of the team, they're the ones out there in Los Angeles facing all the tough questions. So my hat goes off to them and how I look at it as a former athlete myself It's just going to make you hungry because after having that NFC championship game and like that, and then have to answer all those questions the following week, you don't want to do that again. You do not want to do that again. Next time you just want to play in the big game. And they know the questions they're going to get before they sign up because they're not stupid. So they know
0: what they signed up for. Now granted they're getting paid, but still nonetheless, it's not like you need to hold any bake sales for Debo Samuel and George Kittle. They're doing just fine. Let me ask you this, Leo going forward. From this point on today, February 15th, 2022, would you rather take Sean McVay to be your head coach or would you rather take Kyle Shanahan to be your head coach?
1: To me, uh, Sean McVay is the better head coach. Um, If I was starting a franchise, things are even, I'm, I'm taking Sean McVay looking at his record, what is he 46 and one 47 and one when he has lead at halftime. Um, we've seen the 49ers blow two fourth quarter leads in the two biggest games of the recent, you know, history of the franchise in the past three years. Um, now that's not a direct impact on Kyle Shanahan. He could only do so much. He He could only prepare for the players for the moment. He could only call plays for the players in that moment. He cannot go out and personally execute those plays. So, um, It's not 100% on Kyle Shanahan, but uh, to me, it seems like Sean McVay is just more of a people person. Dude's hella smart on top of it, just like Kyle Shanahan. He won Super Bowl. While I do think Sean McVay is the better head coach, based on this current circumstance, I'm taking Kyle Shanahan because it looks like Sean McVay wants to hang it up. If not this offseason, within the next five years, he's going to want to hang it up. Kyle Shanahan wants nothing to do with the media. I have no fear of Kyle Shanahan retiring to go on ESPN, NBC, or whatever it is. Um, So give me the next 15 years of Kyle Shanahan opposed to the next five of Sean McVay.
0: I totally agree. You took the words right out of my mouth, Leo. Going forward, I take Kyle Shanahan. Kyle Shanahan is a grinder. He is a lifer. He wants nothing to do with the media, like you said. He doesn't have that you know, $16, 18000000 million alternative just waiting in the wings, and I don't even think he would take it if he did. His dad was a football lifer. I think Kyle is just, he's one of these guys that's kind of wired like Belichick, like this is who he is. And don't forget, Sean McVay is just starting his a significant aspect of his personal life. He's potentially just starting a family. Kyle Shanahan has kids already. He's done that. I think Kyle is all in. I think Kyle wants to, not only does he want to win one, I think Kyle, he'll never admit it publicly. I think his goal, like he wants to win two, three, four. I don't think he's wired like Sean McVay where a title makes him less hungry. I think it makes him hungrier to win a Super Bowl. So going forward, I take Shanahan over McVay.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And I was being nice by saying Kyle Shanahan over the next 15 years. In 15 years, he'll be 57. As wow. you see, Pete Carroll, Pete Carroll's like 75 out there still coaching. So Kyle Shanahan could definitely coach in, you know, another 20 years, another twenty-five years. So give me Kyle Shanahan. And if we're basing it off the way these two teams are construction, construction, constructor, con- oh my god. Constructed. <laughs> uh you have Matthew Stafford with he has a ring now, he's 13 years in. How many how much more is he going to give it a go compared to Trey Lance, who has what the next 15 years of his career to play quarterback in the NFL? So I'll I would take my odds with, with Kyle Shannon at, at this point. If regular season wins, I can care less about. If I had to place a bet today and I can't cash it out over till the next 20 years, and that bet was who's going to have more playoff wins, Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. I'm going to put my money on Kyle Shanahan to have the most playoff wins out of those two coaches over the next 20 years. And that's what you want. That's who you want as a head coach. You don't want the guy with the least amount between the two. So uh, give me Kyle Shanahan.
0: That's fair. I agree with you. I, I, Kyle Shanahan in a playoff game, I just I have a ton of confidence that he's going to find a way to get it done, especially now with this, you know, seven teams in each conference making the playoffs. You feel like unless things go really off the rails, the 49ers are going to find a way to get into one of those seven slots. So, yeah, I, I agree. I take Shanahan over McVeigh. You can call me Homer if you want. Hit me up on Twitter. I'm at stats on fire. He is at Leo Luna 93 we always hear for the arguments. All right, and one other question that you brought up before we started recording, that I, it's a good one, so I want to get into that before we take a break, and that is the biggest priority for the team this offseason, offensive line or secondary? It's a damn good question because there's clearly needs in both of those areas. You brought it up,
1: so you should get to answer it first, Leo. What's the bigger priority for you? The bigger priority for me is uh, <clears throat> when you look at this team, who are you going to build around? any franchise in the NFL, who are you building around? Who are you vesting in? It's going to be the quarterback position. Look at what just happened to Joe Burrow, including the playoffs. He was the third most sacked quarterback in NFL history in a single season. Um, And if he had a little bit of protection, a little more, especially on that last fourth down play, Jamar Chase was wide open. Jalen Ramsey fell down and that's a touchdown and a, albeit game winning touchdown, uh, for the Cincinnati Bengals. So uh, it, it's got to be the protection up front. When you look at that sec- secondary for the 49ers, it's Manuel Mosley's under contract. You have Ambry Thomas under contract. You have Jimmy Ward under contract. The two you don't, I, I'm going to consider the nickel corner starter because, you know, they play the majority of 50% of the snaps on the defense is k Williams and the other safety Kwaski Tart. So, you have three of the five starters coming back with the offensive line. Once again, you're going to have five starters, just like the secondary. You got Trent Williams under contract. That's, you know, that, that's a huge win. Uh, Lincoln Tomlinson, he's a free agent. Is he going to come back? He's been a staple piece for this 49ers offensive line. Doesn't miss games at all. Um, you you never really see him having a limp off the sideline, in a game and having someone to come in and and sub in for him to, you know, take over a series or something like, like the dude's a complete iron man on the field. You love that in the value, Alex Mack. Is he going to retire or is he going to come back? That remains to be seen. Daniel Brunskill. I like the guy. Um, He's had great moments, especially being Aaron Donald's dad. Um, That that was a great moment. Not in the NFC Uh, title game. He wasn't, but there needs to be an upgrade at that right guard position he uh he is by far their worst starter on the on the offensive line and then right tackle is mike mclinchy gonna be healthy enough to play um that he's dealing with a big quad injury not too many guys make it back to the field with those injuries so if mclinchy makes it back to the field what week is it is it week one is it not week one is it um you know week 10 is he 50% 50% of himself, 70% of himself. And if you only get a 70% Mike McGlinchey pass blocker, it's not good. That, that's <laughs> basically Tom Compton. If you get 70% of Mike McGlinchey, that's Tom Compton. Um, so it's, it's a big question marks. So you only have one solidified starter on this offensive line compared. So you have one out of five compared to the secondary that has three out of five. Um, so I think the secondary is, There's less you need to do to sure sure that up. There's less that needs to be done. Offensive line, it's your biggest investment. At least with the secondary, sometimes you could hide it. When Nick Bosa gets to the quarterback way too fast, um, when Eric Armstead gets to the quarterback way too fast, you could kind of hide the secondary. With the quarterback, it it makes it difficult to hide the quarterback, or excuse me, to hide the offensive line if they're not blocking. And we saw that multiple times in the NFC championship game. And Jimmy Garoppolo actually played pretty well when he had pressure in his face. He actually got rid of the ball a few times when he was able to broke out of a couple sacks. Um, he almost threw one at Jalen Ramsey in the fourth quarter, but thank- thankfully Jalen Ramsey didn't catch it. Um, so to me, if you only got 10 was that 20% filled guaranteed to be a starter next season, 20%. Of that offensive line is guaranteed and that 20 percent is all trent williams then it, it's got to be the biggest priority for me
0: 33 year old trent williams who's you know missed time last season probably going to miss at least a couple of games you would think next year i agree it's offensive line you cannot have a 22 year old starting quarterback and have that many questions along the offensive line especially because We've seen D'Amico Ryans get through a season with, you know, scotch tape and super glue in the secondary. We know he can do it. And even if they're not quite as good next year, 49ers defense was not the problem last year in any way, shape, form, or fashion. So I agree. You, You have to invest in the offensive line. Your center, I mean, if Alex Mack retires, that's a huge area of need for the 49ers because center is a crucial position on Kyle Shanahan's offensive line. They have a lot of responsibility there. So that alone is a massive need, let alone the problems at right guard. Like you said, let alone Mike McGlinchey's uncertain future. We have no idea what to expect there. We, we don't know if Aaron banks can be anything, you know, like maybe they could have one less spot to worry about, but we don't have any idea. It
1: doesn't seem like it. Cause that poor bastard couldn't get on the field last year. Yeah. And if we were banking on Aaron banks to be a starter, then we would bank on Tiamador Lenore to be the nickel corner. Um, but right. it's, you need to you need to get these guys through camp it's not a guarantee and unless they get through camp and preseason healthy there's no guarantee until that
0: all right let's take a break and when we come back there's another question that you posed to me before we started recording that i think people are going to want to hear and we still have to play by lease walk so we'll do both of those things when we come back back here on the oh, hey there. podcast i'm rob stats guerrera again filling in for javi vega with leo luna all right leo before we hit record The other question that you posed to me i thought was really interesting and that is which position group will the 49ers splash free agent signing come from and again i'm going to give you first crack at this partly because i need to think about the answer
1: yeah that's fine i'm going to go ahead and and i'm going to be weak on this one their splash signing is going to come from internal and that splash signing is going to be dj jones he had the best run stop pre- uh, percentage in all of the NFL. You you saw this defense uh run stop just soar when DJ Jones was in there. And he's athletic, man. He he's a smaller defensive tackle so he could, you know, get through guys, be a little finesse. Yeah, he's a 300 pounder, but the dude is a finesse athletic 300 pounder. Um he he's not your traditional 6'3" 320 uh, run stopping fit like no that's not DJ Jones he's more of the athletic type and he could get to the passer if, if teams decide to pass on early downs so to me if you sign DJ Jones that is a splash signing what you know whether it's an in-house signing or not that's a splash because uh, when you look at it it's he's probably a pro bowler if defensive tackles got more love in the NFL uh, just for being run stuffers he's a pro bowler um he he probably should have filled in for aaron donald or you know vita vea is a hell of a player so he filled in for aaron donald but dj jones is a top five defensive tackle in the league yep um so give me dj jones as the splash signing i would be absolutely comfortable with that and the reason why i say i'm comfortable with dj jones being the splash splash signing is because this isn't the 2016 2015 49ers it's not that this team is built you have Debo Samuel yeah Brandon IU you got George Kittle you got Juwan Jennings, who I like as a third down target out of the slot Um, so like how much pass casters do you need as a splash signing Um, I will take Odell Beckham uh, if it's on the table just because I've been a fan of him ever since he was at LSU and he's always open you saw what happened when he started getting in rhythm with that Rams offense. And you saw what happened when he left the Super Bowl. The Rams offense was suddenly out of rhythm. Um, so I would take it, even with his ACL, he'll probably be back around week 10 or so. Um, but it that's not who I would prefer as my splash signing. It's got to be DJ Jones, like you said. Um, we've seen D'Amico Ryan do a duct tape job, and it was that duct tape job was able to open and close the store still. Um, at least with DJ Jones, you don't have to use as much duct tape. So give me that.
0: I'm going to say if I had to pick, by the way, that was a weak choice by you. Although DJ Jones uh, super is weak, uh, super weak, but absolutely I, you know. priority for the 49ers for sure. I'm going to say, uh, defensive back. I'm going to say cornerback, to be honest with you. The, the 49ers have not shown a desire to invest in that position in the draft, at least early. They haven't drafted a corner in the first round since Mike Rumpf. And if you're wondering who Mike Rumpf is, that's exactly my point. So I think it's about time that they have to invest a high pick in this. I don't know if they're going to end up with a first-round pick. I don't think Jimmy's going to go for a first-round pick. But although that apparently seems to be changing, so we can get into that too. But uh, they need to invest in corner early. I think they finally realize that they're going to need to especially if a couple free agents don't end up coming back. So that would be my position group uh, of note that I will go for. I will say cornerback uh, will be the splash quote unquote signing for the 49ers next year. All right, Leo, let's do a little buy lease walk. This is my favorite segment that you and Javi do. I will do my best to fill in for him. Take it easy on me. And uh, what do you got for me?
1: Yeah. So remember um, for the audience, if anyone's new to this show, it's, buy lease walk, it's kind of like buy or sell. But, you know, if you want to table something, that's the lease. Buy is you're investing into that topic. Uh, you want that topic possibly to happen or you just believe it will happen. The lease is you want to table that. You're unsure. I don't knows are part of the media. So that's great. You know, that's what the lease is for. The walk off is you think it's total BS. You don't believe it. Uh, you're putting zero stock into it. Um, so first one here by least completely walk off the lot tom brady becomes a 49er this offseason
0: this one is tough because i think that brady wants to be a 49er this offseason i think he's wanted to for two years he's that's where he's wanted to go tampa was not his first choice if you notice in his retirement announcement he doesn't ever use the word retire he said i'm not going to make the competitive commitment anymore Because I think the biggest obstacle to Tom Brady playing is pressure from his wife, Giselle, and his family. I really think that – I think Tom wants to play. He had said many times in the past that he wants to play until 45, and he would still have one more year if he was going to do that. The question is, do the 49ers want to put off Trey Lance again for another year And the question is, how can they finagle this Tom Brady situation? Because technically Tampa Bay controls his rights and they don't have to make a move and they won't make a move with him until after June 1st because of salary cap reasons. But it's possible that they could, one, put Brady on the reserve retire list, which means the Niners would have to trade for him. Or two, they could just leave Brady on the active roster and the 49ers would have to trade for him. So there are a lot of hurdles here to get to. So that's a long way to say I'm going to lease this one. Cause I think Brady wants to, the question is going to be how motivated are the 49ers to get that done?
1: Absolutely. Um, I would lease that one as well. Um, I'm, I'm ready to go into the Trey Lance era, but if Brady says, I want to be a 49er, that's the only way I'm coming out of retirement. I think you really got to consider that from the front office, considering what Tom Brady did this last season, who in my mind probably was the MVP, because if you take him off that Buccaneers team, They they're they maybe slide into a wild card spot like they're really talented. But the quarterback was what got that engine going there in Tampa Bay. So it's it's going to be a decision making time. All once again, that's only if Tom Brady says he'll come out of his short lived retirement to become a 49er. And if that happens, I don't think the 49ers have to give up much capital. I I really don't Um, because. Tom Brady went out there, got them a ring. um, And if Tom Tom Brady says, hey, do me a solid here, and it's a sixth-round pick, I think you'd do that for the 49ers. No way. They're giving up a second or a third-round pick in this scenario. Um, I just don't think that's what the buying point would be if Tom Brady's saying, this is the only franchise I'll play for. I want to end my storybook career for the team I grew up for, and I – if you're Tampa Bay, I feel like you kind of have to respect that. They don't seem like one of those spiteful organizations. It's in conference, but it's not in division. Um, but I don't want to talk about it until there's more details. So I think that's that's enough of the Tom Brady talk on this podcast. Secondly, buy, lease, or walk off the lot. Jimmy Garoppolo gets flipped for a first-round pick. We saw the the little rumors about executives can see that um the Washington I was gonna say football team uh Commanders, commanders would be able to justify it if they give a first round pick for Jimmy Garoppolo. So now you know a lot of it is smoke season in the off season. It's lying season in the off season and some of it is actual genuine leaks. Um so this is a great question to ask are you gonna buy lease or walk off the lot that Jimmy Garoppolo gets flipped for a first round pick.
0: I'm walking off the lot on this one. I just can't see how it happens. If any of these GMs are watching film at all, I cannot see how they justify it. But I will say, when I saw that report about Washington, it did kind of surprise me. But I think the fact, in any other year, I would say there is zero chance of this. But the fact that we're in this year where there's not a ton of great free agent options at quarterback and the incoming draft class leaves a lot to be desired at quarterback, The kind of justification in that article, uh, I think it was in The Athletic, is like, hey, if you think that none of these quarterbacks are worth a first-round draft pick, and you were planning on drafting a quarterback in the first round, then it's worth it to give up a first for Jimmy Garoppolo because you were going to use that pick on a quarterback anyway. So that may be the 49ers' saving grace if it were to happen, but I just don't think it's going to happen. I don't think you're going to trick these teams into thinking that Jimmy Garoppolo is somebody that he hasn't been throughout his entire career. And again, Leo, he could not get through a full season. He was hurt multiple times this season. Again, that combined with the low ceiling on his play to me, just doesn't equal first round pick. I would love it. Of
1: course, I'm rooting for
0: that, but I just don't see it's going to happen. So I'm walking a lot on that one.
1: Yeah, I, I agree with you on that. That's why I think his market is probably a second round pick. Um, because of the injury concern contract for a new team, you got to figure out that contract situation for that new team. You got to have a serviceable, ba- serviceable backup if he does have to, you know, miss a game or two. Like the 49ers had a serviceable one in Trey Lance this, this season, and they were able to go one and one in his in Jimmy Garoppolo's missed starts. Uh, so I, I do look at the Pittsburgh Steelers pretty heavily here um possibly their 51st pick their second round pick and if you're the 49ers I think you'll you know you'll gladly take that and if you're the Pittsburgh Steelers who are you going to find at second round value whether it's the trade market you're not getting a Jimmy Garoppolo other than a Jimmy Garoppolo for a second round pick and you're not giving a plug-and-play starter at the quarterback position in this NFL draft with a second round pick um so that's that's who I look at. It, it, it's the Steelers. If Jimmy Garoppolo does have to miss a game or two, well, guess what? They have Mason Rudolph, who actually has a winning record as a starting quarterback in the NFL with the Pittsburgh Steelers. He, made, he has made 10 starts with the Steelers. He's 5-4-1, slightly above 500, but it's still a 500 starter in the NFL. So you at least have your backup there suitable for one year. Lastly, bye lease, walk off the lot. We've talked about the offensive line already. Does Lincoln Tomlinson land somewhere else? I say that because you have Mike McDaniel in Miami who has about $64 million in cap space. And you probably have two handfuls of Kyle Shanahan clones uh, in terms of scheme throughout the NFL. Um, there could be a buying market for him. I look at someone like Roger Saffield who's making about $10 million a year. Uh, who signed that contract with the Tennessee Titans when he was 30 years old. And that's where Lincoln Tomlinson's going to be. So I think his market's probably going to be around $10 million a year. I don't know if the 49ers find that within the budget, considering you have to pay Nick Bosa and Debo Samuel pretty hefty money. So Lincoln Tomlinson lands somewhere else. Buy, lease, or walk off the lot. Walk off the lot in this case means you absolutely believe he's going to be a 49er.
0: I'm walking the lot on this one. I just don't think the 49ers can let him go. You know, the teams are a mix of people, right? And on every team, there's going to be people that you are totally comfortable with, and there's going to be people that require, let's just say, a lot of maintenance, right? There are certain people that you got to worry about. When the phone bleeps at, you know, two o'clock in the morning, that name pops in your head like, oh, no, please don't let me hear about this person getting arrested or anything like that. This is a 49ers
1: podcast, not a Raiders one.
0: <laughs> That's true. The Niners do have a pretty good roster of guys. But my point is, like, you never have to worry about Lakin. Mm-hmm. He, he just, you put him in there. He plays at a high level consistently, and he never misses time, which is something nobody on this 49ers team can say. Lakin is the iron man of this team. And again, you mentioned it. Do you really want to go into next season where you have to replace four fifths of your offensive line potentially? Like, you, you cannot do that in a single off season and have all those coin tosses come up heads to me. It's going to be, it's not going to be cheap because I agree the dolphins are going to be out there and they are going to make it painful. But I think that 49ers have to resign Lincoln Lakin Tomlinson this off season. I think they will. So I'm going to walk the lot on this. And I re- of all the ones that we have talked about. This is the one I'm, I hope I am right on the most.
1: That's fair. Um, you know, like I said, Lincoln Tomlinson, he's, he's kind of the iron man. You don't ever have to worry about him. Missing a game, you don't have to worry about him. You know, missing a series or leaving a game early. The the guy's always in there, and he's always he's kind of been a staple with the whole victory donuts. I know our guy Brad Graham of the SF Niners always posts about victory donuts on his Instagram page once the 49ers win because Lincoln Tomlinson started that thing, and uh, he he's a big personality within this 49ers locker room on game day. Uh, you saw how he was with Kittle and Uscheck during the Pro Bowl, so you, you want to keep those guys in the building
0: and hopefully the 49ers do there are a ton of decisions that are going to have to be made by the 49ers not just the quarterback thing although obviously that is important we will be here with you for all of them there's pr- this is going to be an emergency podcast offseason leo i bet you will do at least oh, yeah. two because we're definitely going to do one when jimmy garoppolo gets traded and who knows what else i i feel like there's going to be at least one more so this is going to be a crazy crazy off season. thank you for letting me fill in for Mr. Javi Vega I appreciate the uh, pinch hitting duty
1: of course man you're you're the boss man around here you can pinch <laughs> hit whenever you want you could you could literally say hey guys I'm hopping on today that you know that that's the opportunity you get being the boss man around here and I, I wouldn't have it any other way I appreciate you as well
0: I am the player coach, you could say, of Niners Nation. Everybody, again, we remind you, please rate, review, and follow the Niners Nation Podcast Network. We do appreciate every single review. I promise you we read every single review. If you missed anything we had going on during Super Bowl week, Trey Lance, Debo Samuel, Deion Sanders, George Kittle, you can go download those podcasts now, or you could watch them on the Niners Nation YouTube page. It is all there for you. Enjoy your day, everybody. We'll talk to you next week.